Holy Ghost girls, if you're here, you're going to get another double parts of this message. So, But I think it's good to hear it again. So I'm excited to preach it again. I totally agreed with Randall last week. When you preach a message, you don't really have to have it all together because the joy of it is you're going to get to reap from it yourself just by being able to express it. And that's the way I feel about this, this message. But um, so... I've shared this message, parts of it, at the Holy Ghost Girls um, retreat. And um, before we started, I I just want to say this, that when we're all walking through these trials, and I could feel it, we were singing this new song uh, by this group called the Tillmans. They're going to be here Friday night, by the way. It's a young couple. They've uh, Jacob did their CD. They're really neat. And one of her songs is called Fragrance, and we were kind of getting going. And I heard the Lord say, it's expensive. And I realized what he was saying to us is that often when we praise the Lord in the midst of all that we've been through, we are actually pouring out very expensive perfume upon him. And it's not the kind of perfume that has that's bought with gold in that in the monetary sense, but it's the gold that we've been refined by, that we take and we pour it out on the feet of Jesus. And I felt like, it's an expensive ointment that we're pouring out upon Jesus. When we just continue to say yes to him, continue to go forward, just like we were saying step by step, that we just keep moving forward. And um, and I just felt like his heart was really, really blessed uh, as we were pouring out our ointment upon him at that women's retreat, or that Holy Ghost Girls Young Women's Retreat. So just wanted to say that. And encourage you that I feel like that's a word for this body that he feels that we have really are pouring out expensive perfume upon him. Isn't that amazing? Thank you, Lord. It's good. I could just see us like Mary. It's not the money, but it's the ointment of refined in the fire, right? So, um, and you know, last um, fall when I was sharing at the women's retreat, the Lord gave me a, a word. He showed me this. He in a dream, he gave me a white stone, and it's cool. I've had two different people to give me white stones since then, two big white stones. And then this morning, um, one of the um, McCafferty little, no, it McCafferty, it was Matthias. He came up right as he was walking in, and I wanted to speak to Matthias because he is a friendly little guy. <laughs> and uh, he pulled these stones out of his pocket. And there was a white stone in his hand. And that's something, it's different colored ones, but there was a white stone. So I felt like the Lord gave me, he, called, he told me that was a purity stone. And it was after the season of so much testing, so much trial. And, um, and I found a scripture. I just really wanted to read it to you. It is um, the one, it's the church at Pergamos. And I didn't give you this back there, but it says this in the churches that were listed in the book of Revelation. It says this, that um, to the church at Pergamos who tolerated idolatry and sexual immorality. Okay, this is something, so you can see this in the church currently, that there's a lot of things beginning to be tolerated. Okay, and to him who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the church. To him who overcomes, I will give some of the hidden manna to eat. And I will give him a white stone and own the stone, a new name written, which no one knows except him who receives it. 
So I found that white stone there, and I really feel like that really does have to, to do with persevering. And it's persevering not through just our trials, but it's also persevering through all the deception that we're living through in this hour and all the onslaught of the enemy, the great deceiver, who at the end of the age, that's what he's called the great deceiver, will be thrown into a prison cell, basically, so he can't deceive us anymore. And one of the things that has happened for me during my se- the season, and I'm sure for all of us, is I, the refining process has actually brought my faith to a new level because that's really what refining is meant to do is to bring us on the other side where our faith has come out and been refined you know, like Peter, um, he his faith got refined. He was a man that he he on that when Jesus said to him that Satan has asked permission to sift you, but I've asked the Father that your faith would not fail you. His faith was beginning to be refined in that hour, and every one of us, no matter who we are as believers, will come to the day where our faith will be refined. But it's for the reason of coming to a greater place and walking in greater faith than we did before. And I did not understand that in the last three years of what was really happening to us as a body. But that's exactly what was happening. Our faith has been refined so that now we can walk in a greater level of trust and faith with the Lord. You know, everything seemed negative, adverse to us. And still there will be things in life that are negative and adverse to us. But we can always stand assured and entrust the God who created us and who is our creator. That he will never let us down. He will never forsake us. He'll never leave us. And that we can always trust that all things, say all, things work together for our good. You know why all things do work? Because even if... The enemy is behind them. The Lord's refining us. There's something going on on the other side. We're being refined, so it's working for our good. If we'll hold on and believe and trust and see the hand of the Lord in everything we face. So um, I love this. Kill Byron actually showed a video at the last Friday night movie. It was by Kilpatrick, um, who was the pastor at the Brownsville Revival um, he, he recently had a word that said this, you've been through the fire to get rid of some things that didn't need to be there. Wow. That's really the truth. That's how I feel. We go through this stuff, but God's really getting rid of things that don't believe that, that do not belong there. And I love this. You can, um, I didn't put this up cause it was a message. I wanted to quote it. Second uh, Peter four twelve through 17. Although Kilpatrick is really prophesying really awesome things are coming. The Lord's really coming in a new way. I want to encourage you with that. But Second uh, Peter four twelve through 17 in the message. Don't. I, I'm going to read it. Since Jesus went through everything you're going through and more, learn to think like him. Think of your suffering as a weaning from that old sinful habit of always expecting to get your own way. Then you'll be able to live out your days free to pursue what God wants instead of being tyrannized by what you want. Since Jesus went through everything you're going through and more, learn to think like him. 
Think of your suffering as a weaning from that old sinful habit of always expecting to get your own way. Then you'll be able to live out your days free to pursue what God wants instead of being tyrannized by what you want. It's in the it's in the message and it's second Peter four, twelve through seventeen, somewhere in there. You know how they don't put the they don't really put the scripture, it's just a paragraph. So I had to guess. But that really kind of describes what has happened on the inside of me in this last season is do a lot of demanding with the Lord. We really do. We do a lot of demanding. You know, it has to be like this, you know. But you just, you get to that point, you know, in a trial where it's just one thing after another constantly and you're just rocked. Well, you just have to one day awaken and realize he's God and adjust yourself to that. And do you know what really happens? What's happened to me is freedom. It's like, oh, this is really good. This is really freeing because having your own way is a, it's a tyranny. It's, we're tyrannized by that because really that's why man fell because he was demanding something other than what God had to offer. And it's the plight of man. It's, our, it's the fall of man. And, and I really believe the more we can just begin to live a life of surrender and not having to understand it all and that we're just going to be a lot freer. And, um, and, it's, and, you know, the other thing about the refining is, honestly, you start walking in more truth than you've ever walked in. The lies begin to go away that because you're, when you're in your self mode, you really, we can't believe the right stuff when we're in the self mode. We're just not believing the right stuff. How could we? And it is an age-old battle. Yes, we're what we are transformed. We're fully transformed on the inside. We're new creatures. But we have the flesh we're contending with. And the, the flesh is at war with the things of God. The self-life is at war with the thing. The self is demanding its own way. So when we are going through the trials, that's why Paul rejoiced in his trials because he began to see, began to, his mind actually got free from the, what's being bound up in the self-life. And that's what I am finding is the liberty that there is in getting free from having to have my own way. And yes, I still want my own way. Byron and I fought four hours the other day because I wanted my own way. He wanted his own way. That's just life, you know. It's just the way just life we work it out (laughs) so (laughs) so when we're refined by the fire basically our faith is being refined and the Lord's bringing us into greater levels of truth and I really wanted to talk to you for a few minutes about the spirit of truth. Um, you can put up John sixteen twelve through 14. Yes, yeah, the truth that sets you free. Isn't that great? It's awesome. It says, I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. However, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth. 
For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will tell you things to come. And so I'm finding, um, you know, as my faith is getting refined, and I'm beginning to really ask the Lord for the spirit of truth to come, because I really want to walk in truth. I want to walk in more levels of truth. I, I feel like my mind has really not been where it needs to be. It's, it's been too full of earth thoughts. And I found it out by going through the fire because I just could not get a hold of God thoughts many days. I just could not get a hold of it. But now I'm really saying, Lord, spirit of truth come. Spirit of truth come because it's, you know, just like he was preparing Peter by the trying of his faith so Peter could come into greater levels of truth, right? Look at that man after he got filled with the Spirit, stood up and preached one of the greatest messages ever preached in the New Testament. You can go find it. It's powerful. And he just stood up and, wow, here came that spirit of truth on him. And, um, and so I'm asking, I'm asking for this body to walk in the spirit of truth. Bob Jones, two and a half weeks before he died, was one of the last things he said to Byron and I, spirit of truth is really important right now, really important. So do you get why I'm connecting, why when we go through the refining process, what it's doing is it's refining us so we can start believing the right stuff? You know, I just want to make that connection with you. So, But uh, one thing that happened to me is um, Lenora and I went to the Billy Graham uh, Library. Lenora gets me to do things I ordinarily don't do, and I like that because I can't get Byron to do stuff like that either. So, But <laughs> he likes to play golf. How's that? <laughs> yeah, Kevin. <laughs> Actually, I don't know if y'all know this, but we've known Kevin and Lenora for years. Y'all might not know that, but we, when Ke when Lenora was um, in doing her residency, it was at Carolina's Medical years ago before she had children. We had ours already, and we were friends with them. We go way back. Isn't that great? And the Lord has reconnected us. I, I just think. It is amazing. You know, it was, a, it was a real miracle the way we met. And I'm just saying God works all stuff together for good. They moved away. We ended up pastoring this church. They mo ended up moving to Mooresville. It's crazy. So, but we've been friends. But at the Billy Graham, um, I, I was not prepared for what happened to me there. I, you know, I've got all this that's been working on me. God has just been doing overtime work for the last three years, really dealing with me on the inside about what I believe. And um, I get to the Billy Graham, and, you know, many of you have probably been, every room is just, you know, he's preaching segments of the gospel on video. And and it, I, just, I just really, I don't know why it hit me so hard, but I really at one point thought I literally was going to lay in the floor there like I can do at times. And, get, and just be in a heap and weep because I felt the spirit of truth coming at me with the message of the gospel. I felt it coming. It was just coming at me, and it was hitting me, and it was penetrating me with that man that walked in such power. He, you know, he still does. I mean, like, they have videos of him even now, as old as he is, just walking in power with the message of the gospel. And, I, and, and so what I feel like happened with me is this is, and it happened to Paul. Things he went through actually started developing in him a new impetus for the gospel message. How that happened, I don't know, but it's just the refining of faith. Suddenly I just begin to say, I, I believe. 
I don't know why I believe it. I just believe this is the truth. This is the message that has to go out to the world because he really is good. The message that carried us through, he really is good and the world needs to know it. And so I was, I felt like just such an impartation came to me at that library of the gospel coming again, rising again, the spirit of truth. And I realized this about evangelism that evangelism is not just calling people back. I mean, just calling people into the gospel message and getting saved. Because this is what hit me. It's calling us all back into the alignment with the truth and everything that is written about the gospel. That's really what's happening. You ever notice how evangelists really can just call you out on stuff all the time? You ever notice that? That's their gifting. And I wanted right now everybody in this room that feels like they're evangelists to stand up. There's more of you than that. I feel like if you just feel like you like to share, there's something that you feels like you really need to share what God has done for you. And you also feel the need to draw people to the Lord stronger. You feel people slipping away and you feel like you need to draw them in back to their roots to their foundations if you feel that that's evangelism that's the spirit of truth that's operating on you amen so lord right now stay standing move yeah stay you don't sit yeah lord we ask you right now anointing come greater levers of anointing spirit of truth we're asking you to reveal more and more in each of these hearts and their souls Lord, they are carrying the, in their hands, in their heart, the gospel message, the gospel truth, Lord, bringing this nation even back to its foundations, Lord. And, Lord, I say anointing come, breakthrough come, greater levels anointing. Spirit of truth come on this body. Lord, now I'm asking you, those that want more of this, to stand up. Just stand up if you want more of this. Yeah. Lord, we're asking you for it, God. We're asking you that the evangelists would be stirred in this congregation and that we, evangelism would be stirred, Lord. You, there are even people who are not evangelists in Scripture that were stirred to do the works of an evangelist. So, Lord, we're asking you, Spirit of truth, come, come, come upon this body, come upon this congregation, Lord, that we may go to the four winds of the earth, calling back, calling back, calling back to who you are, God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Oh, yeah, that's good. Oh, yeah, just let that, yeah, let that sit on you a minute. Whoa. Mmm. Mmm. You're actually way makers preparing the way for the Lord. That's really what that is, or way makers. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Wow. Yeah, whoa. Whoa. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Woo, that's good. And Byron and I, y'all can sit. I think that's good. Um, we have been noticing that the Lord actually keeps bringing evangelists right now, new people. Most, uh, most of the new people that have come in the last year have some sort of that thing working on them. It's really exciting. It's really exciting. So, um, you know, John seventeen seventeen says this. That we are sanctified by truth. We're set apart by it. That's how 
the spirit of truth works. He comes into us and he begins to set us apart unto the Lord. And I think one thing that's really been on me is I, I know I have, a, I, my parents were evangelists. I was raised em, embarrassed half the time because we couldn't go anywhere without my mom and dad sharing the gospel somewhere. And even at church, I mean, our knuckles would be white because when it came altar time, my mother was coming to get you. She thought you need to go to the altar. She's coming to get you. <laughs> but I'll tell you, I have learned to love what God has given me. Um, and, you know, that spirit of truth in me, I just really get jealous when I see people veering off I get jealous for the Lord because he deserves it all. He deserves our lives. And so that spirit of truth, that's what it's meant to do, is to come and sanctify us, set us apart, so we don't drift. And that's really the trial thing. I believe if you can take and say your trials are going to make you strong, like that old song says, this really making us a people set apart unto him. Really set apart unto him. Thank you, Lord. These are um, things I want to, I just wanted to say. You know, I'm a grace girl all the way. I really am. I've preached grace, done, but I, and I'm going to say this. You know, Jesus came with truth and grace. One's not out of balance with the other. In fact, in the heart of God, nothing's out of balance in God at all. He's not out of balance in any way. He can be merciful and just all at the same time. So, um, but here's, here's a couple of things I want to give you thought on, okay, is we have two paths that we can go on, okay, is we can be influenced by a religious mind or a secular mind, okay? We're in a day in all of history where there's a struggle with the religious mind and the secular mind. I want you to see this because it's important. Because just because we're believers doesn't mean that we're not being affected by this. Religion is just as deadly as secular. Because religion makes you think everything's just all right with you. You can never really see the truth. You never can because you just think you're all right. The secular mindset is the spirit of this age that is at work, where actually we do begin to slide away from our foundations of the truth of the gospel and all that is written. That's really what begins to happen with the secular mindset. And, um, and I just wanted us to repent of both of those things this morning. So, Lord, we repent this morning of religion and secularism. Lord, we want to be filled with the spirit of truth, God. Jesus, you said those who bear witness of the truth can hear your voice. And if we're in deception, we can't hear you, Lord. So we're asking you this morning, mm, Lord, we just repent for engaging in any way in a secular mindset or a religious mindset, God. And religion is basically this. You live by external rules, rather than internal. Does that make you understand that? We just read the Bible. It's just external stuff to us. It's not our living, breathing relationship with God. 
that's that's living in religion we were not made for that the word is written so we can know our god and have a relationship with him through the word it's not written so we'll live by do this do that do this and i'm good that's religion okay so and um just think that's important you know so another thing that i want to just go over this morning is this is another area where i believe through the last season for me god is really working with my thinking getting me outside of my boxes in every way because he has shattered my boxes to be quite honest when god doesn't act the way you want him to act that's exactly what he's doing he's shattering your boxes he's just saying it's just time for you to get out of this and um and so i have come across the book uh that a friend of mine gave to me years ago that i've I just picked up and began to read it. It was by Tozer. It's called Knowledge of the Holy. And he basically goes through the attributes of God. And I just feel like the Lord has, is still trying to get through to me really who he is, the truth of who he is, so that I will not be robbed and so that we will not be robbed. It's really, when we don't walk in truth, we're, we're just being robbed. We're being lied to, being stolen from. When we, the more truth we live in, the more free, more freedom because the truth sets us free. And I just want to say that to you young people is to stand, just stand. Because every time you embrace a lie that the world has to give you, really your freedom is being taken from you and you don't even know it. It's a lie. It's a lie to go out and live a sinful life is freedom. It's just a lie. It's a facade. Because the only freedom we will ever have is in Christ. There's not another freedom. It's a lie. And that's really what I'm trying to get to today is we're being affected by this kind of thinking. So I just want to encourage you with that. So, whew, it's good. Thank you, Lord. Without the proper view of God and his majesty, just how big and awesome he is, we cannot be in a right relationship with him. So really what I want to switch into for a few minutes now is just to remind us of the God that we serve. Just to give us some truth about the God that we are serving. Because I believe we're at war. I believe what has happened, we make him small in our minds. We take God and we make him what we want him to be. And God has been working overtime with us as a body to get us to shatter the boxes of who he is and come into the truth of the God that we serve. And so I believe this statement is really good without proper view of God and his majesty. Just how big and awesome he is, we cannot be in a right relationship with him. And what comes to our mind when we think about God is the most important thing about us and the, what the end of our spiritual life will be. So if we think God is mean and hard, do you think we will really serve a God like that? No, we'll run from him. That's what I'm talking about. If we believe God is a loving God, but never, and he loves us and he's full of grace, but he never brings us into discipline, guess what? We'll live a lawless life. 
So what I'm talking about is coming in to the truth of who, what he says about himself. And um, so man's plight is this. It, it, this is our plight, will always be, it's my plight. We have a set, we, when man fell, he fell over this very thing. Satan challenged them about who God really was and his heart and intention toward them. And man fell for that. We fall for it daily. We, in our mind, bring God to be this little God. We bring him in and say, we like this kind of God, so we'll make him in our image. We'll make him be what we want him to be. So do you know what that is called? Idolatry. I didn't know that. I did not know that when I was getting angry with God for not healing somebody, that I had brought him down to my thoughts of how I thought he should do it. Thus, I had made God in my image. And when he was not giving children to my daughter easily, and I was telling him how he needed to be doing that, I was bringing God down to my ways and thus, I was beginning to partake in idolatry. I was making him small. Instead of just resting and trusting that I might not understand everything, but he is God. And I think this is really interesting scripture here. Okay. Mm. Romans 1, 18 through 21. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who oppresses the truth in unrighteousness. Because what may be known of God is manifest in them, for God has shown it to them. For since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes are clearly seen, creation, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse, because although they knew God, they did not glorify him as God, nor were thankful, but be became futile in their thoughts, and their foolish hearts were darkened, and it goes on to say, they fell into homosexuality over that. So you, can you see the digression here of when we don't honor God, don't rightly see him, that he's big, he's a great big God, he can do whatever he wants to do, it's not up to me. I'm a man, I'm in this little, I swim in this little pool of my life. I'm in a swimming pool. But he's more vast than the universe itself because he created it. And yet I want God to come get in my little swimming pool and do what I want him to do when he contains the whole universe. That's what I'm talking about. And we begin to tell God the way we want to live our life. We don't like the way you created just men and women to be together. We don't like the way you instituted marriage for the marriage bed. We want you to get in our swimming pool and swim the way we swim our way. That is idolatry. It's rebellion. It's the very thing man did and at the fall. It's the very thing that Satan did. In heaven, he rebelled against God. It was rebelling against that he was God.
Thank you, Doug. I've been feeling it. I'm guilty. I am guilty. I stand guilty this morning. I'm preaching this because I'm guilty. So, um, uh, so what our thoughts are about God and who he is is more important than anything. It's more important than anything. Because if he's small, this is another thing. This is really important. Do we really want a God we can control? If, if we can control him, he's a small God. But that's what I do, and I'm sure there might be some people in here that do the same. So, um, but I want to run through the attributes because I think they'll help us and encourage us, okay? Truth and grace are married. God is, and I'm going to say this, when you're getting truth, grace is just as important as truth. There's not an imbalance in them. I know I'm preaching some truth this morning, okay? <laughs> but I want you to know that our God is a graceful God. He doesn't, he's made a way for us. He doesn't judge, he doesn't come with merits and demerits for us. I want to make sure you keep that in mind that we have been given a life of godliness. We have a substituted righteousness when Christ died on that tree. So don't get discouraged sitting there when you're hearing this truth come at you because the other part of God, truth and grace, is so good. It's all good. It's all good because he's God. So it's all really good. So one thing about God is this. that will really help us. He's incomprehensible. You might as well just settle it. Your thoughts can never, ever, ever, ever comprehend the fullness of God. Just settle it. And that helps me. That really helps me. Because I've spent, I've realized that I'm very analytical in my thinking. I want cause, effect, this, that. I'm not, that's really the way I operate. And I've, I've tried all my life, I don't know how I've just now got here, have tried to operate with God like that. It doesn't work that way. He's incomprehensible. We can never get to the end of him. We will never fully understand him because he's God. He is God. (laughs) So here we go. He's the triune God. He's three but one. Wow. Even that in itself is incomprehensible. It's incomprehensible that God in heaven walked God on earth in the form of Christ. Yet, he's God. He's there. He's here. Incomprehensible. But he is. No matter what our minds say, we start going through, well, he's three different people. He's this and that. No, he's one. He's one God. The Lord thy God is one God. But yet, he's three. This is all the things he says of himself, okay? He's the, he is the self-existent one. God has no origin. He has no beginning, no end. He didn't originate from anywhere. He didn't originate from anywhere. It's funny, last night my uh, Emma was asking me these questions. It's, it's really interesting because we've all had them, but he's God. He's incomprehensible. 
He's self-existent. <laughs> He's the self-sufficient one. He has no need of anything or anybody. He has no needs. He's totally sufficient within himself. He's the eternal God. He's from everlasting to everlasting. Jesus is dwelling in the eternity of eternities. He's the infinite God. He's limitless. Limitless. Limit. There are no limits on God. There's no limit to what he will do, can do. None. Zero. Say zero limits. He's not limited. Okay. He told Israel, you have limited the Lord your God. How do we limit God? It's unbelief by believing that he's limited. We believe he's limited. He's limitless. He's the infinite God. That's limitless. You, it says this God we have made, and because we have made him, we, can, we make him to understand him. That's what we're doing. We, we try to make a God we understand, but yet he's limitless. He's immutable. He does not change. That's really important because of, with his attributes, we need to understand because of all of his attributes, he's not going to change from those attributes. He's unchangeable. Mm. He's unchangeable. He's unchangeable. He's unchangeable. He doesn't change like we change. He doesn't change like your mama changed. He doesn't change like your daddy changed. He doesn't change like your friends changed. doesn't change like your children change. He does not change. He is the omniscient God. Oh, now this is infinite knowledge. Mm. In God, in the Godhead, the knowledge, there's no end to the knowledge. So when we're seeking God for wisdom, wow, we're seeking into the being that the knowledge and the wisdom is infinite. There's no limit. He's only, and and man has only tapped in to the knowledge of God. In science, that's what he's done. He's tapped into the phenomena of God with creation. He's tapped in. That's all he's done. Now, this is, let me just say this. We trust in man who lives 70, 80, 90 years. We put our trust in what man says over a God who is limitless, infinite. His knowledge is infinite. He's the all-wise, all-knowing God. He has the ability to achieve perfect ends. I, I want you to listen. This is incredible. When you're seeking him, the God we're seeking for answers. Apply this to yourself. He has the ability to achieve perfect ends and to achieve those ends by the most perfect means. It's, he sees the beginning from the end so that there can be no need to guess or conjecture. 
His wisdom sees everything in focus, each in proper relationship to all, and is thus able to work toward predestined goals with flawless precision. That's how he works all things together for our good, by his wisdom. And that's something. It's working it all together. He's the transcendent God. That just means his glory transcends everything. None compares. He's the omnipotent God, having unlimited power. Unlimited power. Okay, there's another one that gets us. We don't believe he has unlimited power. We don't believe he has the power to really heal somebody. We don't believe he has the power to bring you a mate. We don't believe he has power to change your sons and daughters. We don't believe it. But we should. He has unlimited power. There's no limit to that power. And this is important. Keep in mind because he is unchangeable, immutable. All of these these attributes don't change. Think about that. He doesn't change. He is the omnipresent God. He's here. He's close. He's next to, but yet he's universal. He's everywhere all the time. He's a faithful God. He cannot act outside of the character of himself. He's a, he's, he says, I'm faithful. That's, that's what that means. Cannot operate outside of the attributes of himself. He's a good God. That that disposes him to be kind and benevolent and full of, of good toward man. He's a good God. He's a just God. That's, he's executing justice. And this is really important to know. Justice means righteous. He's a righteous God. He can execute that justice any way he wants to do it. He may execute it through mercy. He may execute it through discipline. But it's totally at his discretion. This is where we have trouble too. We want him to do it our way. When we see somebody doing something they shouldn't be doing, we go into judgment and we want God to do this, this, and that. You get them this way. It's totally at his discretion what he does with anybody around us. We are not the judge. He is. He's a merciful God. His mer- he's, it's infinite, inexhaustible energy within the divine nature which disposes God to actively be compassionate. Is that not just awesome? It's a, it is infinite, inexhaustive energy, this compassion pouring out around him. He's full of grace. That means he does not base his relationship with us on merits or demerits. It's unmerited. And he has chosen to do that. He's a God of love. And I'm not going to belabor that because we've done a lot of that here. But the one thing I do like is this, that he takes pleasure in what he makes. We're the object of his love. And he is, this is the last one, the sovereign God. He's self-governing. 
He's self-governing. You know what he said to Job, where were you when I made those stars and hung them? Where were you when Job was really having difficulties understanding? Where were you when I made this? And I, he, he's self-existent, self-governing, sovereign in every way. He rules the entire creation. And this is really important. It, because he's God, it requires him to be absolutely free to do whatever he wills to do anywhere at any time to carry out his eternal purpose in every single detail. That's sovereignty. That is sovereignty. If he were less than sovereign, less than free to do that, he would be less than sovereign. He wouldn't be God. So do you see why it's really important for us to understand the spirit of truth working on us? Because if we don't have the spirit of truth working on us, revealing who God really is to us, and taking these earth thoughts out, these rebellious, self-willed, bringing God down to our level, how, why that is so important. Not allowing our flesh to, to rule us. Because we serve a really big God. Serve a really, really big God. And, um, you know, I, I wrote this because when I first started getting this, it just hit me that how wonderful it is to live in the mystery of God. Because he will always be a mystery to us. And, and I think it's meant to be that way. Because I believe we were created for mystery. I don't think we were really created to know everything all the time. I think we were created to wonder and to dream and to live in this mystery of who our God is because a God that we can't really explain, that's what real faith is. I believe with all my heart that's what makes us happy. It's what gives us pleasure is to know that God's a mystery. He's way bigger than us. We'll never know. And I just wrote this little thing that says, he's a mystery. Let's jump into the sea of vastness, mystery, and majesty, and begin to find ourselves centered in the mystery of the eternal and unseen. I believe that's the way we're meant to live our life and get these boxes in our brains that want an answer for everything, a cause and effect. Lord, help us spirit of truth coming i want to end on this because i thought it was really really good um psalm 91 and i'm done um says this psalm 91 and they would thought they think moses may have written psalms 91 um do you did you have that one one psalm 91 one what's up okay he who dwells okay in the secret place of the most high shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Now, let me say that is El Elyon. It's the strongest of the strong, God supreme, and El Shaddai, all-sufficient, all-powerful, omnipotent. That's what Moses is talking about there. Verse 2. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress. My God and Him will I trust. Now, that one there is Yahweh or Jehovah. I am, I am. 
and Elohim, God the Most High Supreme Creator. Isn't that good? Moses knew who he's talking to. I love Moses because when I go back and read his stuff, Moses knew his God. He knew who he was talking to. He was not bringing God down to his level. He just wasn't doing that. So, um, and then verse 14, this ends it. It says, because he has set his love upon me, therefore I will deliver him and I will set him on high because he has known my name. Isn't that good? So when we learn, I just encourage us all to meditate on, the, on who God is. So that we will not allow our little, inf- our little finite minds to rule. And we can jump in mystery, live our lives with joy, because we don't have to explain him. We don't have to contain him. We can just dive in and enjoy our God. And that's what the spirit of truth, I believe, is trying to release to his church in this hour, where we will not be affected by religion, and we will not be affected by a secular mindset. And we can take this message to the world that we serve a really big God. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Amen. Becky wins all the arguments. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I've listened to that the whole thing. I forgot what it was. Well, this, I feel like the day was a day for us. Uh, the word was given that they saw a page turn. And I feel like, you know, you start, everything starts with God and everything ends with the Lord, right? And that's really what the Lord's saying for us today. He's saying for people, I've turned a page for you. And this is how you start your new page. This is how you start, is you start with me. Because everything begins with me, everything ends with me. And I think if if we can really begin to just surrender and, and walk in a life of surrender of our thoughts, our opinions, what we have to have, like what Becky really shared, I think it can change your life. That's what being transformed is all about. It's, it's our life being transformed because suddenly we're not having to have God to be the way we want him to be. And he gets a chance to be God in our life. And he doesn't, he don't have to say to us, you've limited me because you've refused to let me be God. And so I feel like it's what he's really calling us into now is letting him be that for us on a personal level. And that's how we surrender all this stuff that has bothered us so bad and has aided us so bad. And I just want to encourage you this morning. It's an opportunity for you. I believe today was an opportunity for everybody in this room, I really do, to start something new with the Lord and, and go in a new direction in your life and, a, and a, a freshness in your life. But it's really up to you and I now. You know, we, get, we have to walk this out with Him. But you know what? He's with us. And He wants to help us. He really does want to help us. This is the one thing the Lord showed me is... It's one thing when the Holy Spirit's moving, you should jump into it without question. Even though it offends you and you don't understand it. And some people will do that and some won't. And you'll get another chance to. 
Okay, everybody in this room will get another chance to jump into the river. But when that river quits flowing, it's foolish. It is foolish to play in mud puddles. It's just there's disease in mud puddles. And there's people who live their life playing in mud puddles. It's ridiculous. And I, I believe you've got to get out of the mud puddle because you'll never be able to get back into the river again if you're playing in mud puddles. God will show you the difference between a mud pole and a river. There's a big difference. And the Lord's brooding over people. And he's brooding. He's, he's like a mother hen. That's what he said. I so desire. That's what he said to Jerusalem. I just want to bring you under my wings. He said the Holy Spirit was brooding over the earth at the beginning of creation. Just, and that's what he's doing over us this morning. And that Psalm 91 was, if you read on down, it talks about being covered under his feathers. The shadow of the Almighty is his feathers. So I really want to encourage you to walk out of here today, you know, is, is not, we're not in the center no more. He's in the center. Let him be the center of our life and surrender some things to him today. So, Father, we thank you that you're such a good Lord and above all that you are reaching out to us constantly and and because you reach out to us, Lord, we can reach our hands to you and believe that that hand is right there. That hand is right there grabbing us. Because you said the kingdom is right here at hand. If we would just reach out, we just reach out. Just reach out to the Lord right now. Reach out and believe that that, when you reach out, his hand's already there. When he said, I'm standing at the door knocking on your door. If you open your door, you'll see my door is open to you right this second. Lord, we thank you for that today. We thank you that you love us. We thank you that that's part of what you do. And you're constantly doing that. Father, I pray for grace on every broken heart in this room right now. Every heart that's broken, every, every broken body, every broken mind, every sick body, every sickness, Lord. We ask you today, Lord, we humble ourselves and say, Lord, bring healing. Let the healer come and walk right through this room right now. And take sickness and disease and brokenness in bodies right out the door, right out the door. Just It just goes, it just goes in Jesus' name. We thank you for that. Every broken relationship. Lord, we ask you today, we say, Lord, we forgive. We forgive. We are forgivers. Let your forgiveness flow in this world and this earth that so desperately needs it to know that God forgives. Thank you for that, Lord. Lord, I wanted to say this. I felt like the Lord was bringing it to me about the homosexual thing. I feel like the Lord's heart is this. That verse doesn't mean that a person has actually rejected God and fallen. It just, that's been the way of man. God has compassion on those who struggle with that. I really believe that with all my heart. It is not his heart to come down on anybody about that area. And if that's you this morning, he's here for deliverance. His heart is full of love, compassion, deliverance. We all are struggling with something. And I just want to say that. I just felt like I didn't want the enemy to attack anyone on that level. 
And so I say this morning, Lord, let your healing virtue flow. Lord, I know you are compassionate. You, there's not one attribute of yours over another that is exalted, Lord. So you're, you're everything, all of these things, all at the same time, merciful, Lord. So I'm asking you this morning to let your mercy flow in that area. Lord, anybody in our family that is struggling and caught and trapped, Lord, we just say mercy and grace, God. Thank you, Lord. So we're going to dismiss y'all, and we want to make an opportunity. I'd like the ministry team to come up and, you know, for you to receive prayer for whatever you need prayer about. That person about the black magic and the seeking of the dead, please come up and, and get free this morning. And uh, anything that was said today that you f- feel like God's speaking to you and you would like to be ministered to over that, um, it's a good time right now to come up. Or you can just sit there and soak and, or fellowship. But, you know, Lord bless you and Lord keep you and let his face shine on you. The Lord be merciful to you. Thank you, Lord. We thank you for the day in Jesus' name. Amen.